0: Welcome to the Chirpin' Birds podcast. The Eagles defeat the New York Jets 33-18. Uh, as they enter the bye week, a lot to, to talk about. is uh, more, more so the playoff situation as it has unfolded than uh, any... Uh, uh, it seems like this week's been a, a faux sort of quarterback controversy type Uh, week or uh, forcing, forcing it to happen uh, to to some extent. So um, I I got, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, But, but mostly the Eagles find themselves at six and seven, just uh, out on the outside, looking in as, as Washington uh, beat the Raiders as uh, the game ended uh, last, last weekend. And uh, yeah, the, the Eagles banged up a bit enter the bye and uh yeah we'll talk about it before we get started mike how
1: are you doing i'm doing well um i thought it was an enjoyable game for the most part and boy does that giants loss really sting It could have been seven and six going into the bye uh feeling a lot a lot with a lot higher hopes for their playoffs but you know, a win is a win. You can only get wins going forward. So, I'm doing well. How you doing? I'm good. I'm uh,
0: not as optimistic, I think, as I was going into the Giants game. I sort of penciled that in as, as a win. I think a lot of us did. Um, but, you know, they, they did take care of business. I figured, you know, the season would be over if they lost to the Jets. They obviously did not. The Lions help us out beating the Vikings. Uh, a number of other, you know games have happened. So uh, Eagles own a, a decent number of tie breaks. I think that they're they're sitting in a decent spot with help to get in the playoffs. So you know you you, you cheer for uh, them to, to do as, as well as they can and uh, hopefully they they come out uh, of these next few games sit, sitting in a playoff spot. Um, But before we get into the playoffs, I think, you know, watching this game, Gardner Minshew looked pretty good. You know, he did everything he was asked. Um, Yeah, how
1: about that? Like, I'm pretty sure because it seemed like it wasn't even a storyline at the time we recorded the last podcast. Like, we knew that Hertz was injured, but by midweek, he already came out and said, like, it's, yeah, we, we recorded
0: a little early, so that was like the up-to-date news was he said he was gonna play.
1: Yeah, he kind of dispelled it, he was like, oh it's nothing, I'll be out there. Uh it was never really confirmed officially by any like coach or anything. And I think everybody kind of chalked that up as like gamesmanship. But then as the week progressed, it was like, oh man, like they listed him as questionable going into the week and And then I think it was late Saturday night. Derek Gunn said that he won't be playing. Is Robert
0: Sala just like a bad coach? Like the the broadcast kept saying the whole game that the the jets planned for one quarterback and one quarterback. I get that. It's like (laughs) Thursday, the Thursday news that, that he's questionable. He might not play. And that's, uh, the, the last day of practice or of, of meaningful practice, uh, Um, but you know, you're there, there's a possibility, you know, he's in, he's somewhat injured and there was a question of him playing. Yeah. They they only prepare for, for Jalen hurts. I mean, mean, not that Gardner Minshew is like the, 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 yeah, he's he's not really elite guy.
1: Extraordinary out of like, he's a pretty traditional pocket passer, but if like, if that happened in Philadelphia and the coach is like, Well, to be honest, we were expecting the starter, and that's the guy we prepared for, even though he was injured and questionable. Like if that happened, he <laughs> like Nick if Nick Sirianni said that and did that, like he would be getting skewered. Yeah. But I mean, I guess another way to look at it is they prepared for the guy that is harder to handle and is more of a dual threat quarterback, and Gardner Minshew is a very traditional quarterback and that he just kind of he finds the open reads and he kind of dances around the pocket and really takes what the defense gives you and on top of that maybe the Jets defense even if they prepare for whoever uh, properly it just never comes to fruition because they're a poor team.
0: Yeah I think uh, Gardner Minshew is a had a very like normal performance now i i wasn't as analytically minded uh watching the games when i was younger but i imagine that watching uh mcnab uh albeit like more athletic than than gardner Minshew, but uh just kind of slinging the ball and making stuff happen uh, uh i i guess that's a bad uh a really bad comparison so i shouldn't have said that but uh, just watching a consistent uh, quarterback um, uh, play, which we haven't really had since uh, McNabb. I mean, I, I guess Michael Vick, but uh, he, he's sort of uh, in the, uh, you know, the, the his mold is Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts. So um, the uh, passing quarterback that's uh, accurate that, that's uh, you know, more, more of a normal quarterback uh, was interesting to see under center for the Eagles. And he, he was 20 for 25, 242 yards passing to two, uh, two touchdowns. So, you know, he's uh, uh, he, he can throw the ball. He's accurate. He gets it out. Yeah. He, he can feel pressure. Uh, it was really uh, uh, nice to see. And he's got that kind of like vintage uh, feel to him. I felt like I was watching Invincible, like Invincible too. Like, you you know, you have that nostalgia for a time you never experienced uh, watching. I mean, I guess the Eagles were bad then, but watching the Eagles in the 70s and 80s, uh, Kelly Green, like going to the vet, uh, going to the bar after (laughs) uh, that kind of thing, uh, playing football, like uh, in the muddy fields in the in the F- philly uh fall winter like i don't know he that maybe it's just the mustache or it's the whole vibe i think it's, it's the bomber
1: jacket the bomber jacket it, it yeah. puts you in a time and place
0: like i i think uh jalen hurts is sort of the um the the cool the current like cool swag like uh Uh, uh, calm like presence, like Mm -hmm. uh, a leader type guy of yeah, um, very modern uh, times. So, you know, maybe in a a number of years, assuming he has a a legit NFL career, you kind of look back and and he's sort of a uh nostalgic figure or something like that. Like, you don't really look at that with. McNabb or, or even, uh, Vic, I, I would say, I mean, maybe Vic, uh, Falcons Vic, but, uh, you know, you Minshew's like a, a, a portrait of, of, uh, the past. And, uh, uh I think that's kind it's of, kind of cool. Um, he he's easy to root for. He's a total lunatic, like that post game video with him and his dad was pretty, uh, both heartwarming and uh, a bit frightening, I'd say. Uh, um, but yeah, it was, it was, it was fun watching him. He did everything he needed to do. He was it wasn't like, you know, lost out there. He's a high end backup and, you know, we're, we're pretty familiar with high end backups uh, mm-hmm. in Philadelphia.
1: Yeah. I thought, uh, he was extremely efficient. I think, uh, at the end of the first half, he was something or like 14 for 15 approaching 200 yards, like. He, he did get most of, he did do most of his damage in the first half. And it seems like the Eagles have this template of like, get all of your points in the first half and then we'll bleed the clock. And we won't really throw the ball much in the second half. So this one kind of uh, followed that pattern, but I mean, we sh- I don't think it's lost on anybody that this was against um, the worst, if not one of like, one of the three worst defenses in the league I, i'm pretty sure they're like worse yeah. by most metrics but you don't want to discredit him completely because um there were a few things like i'd say overall like he was just fun to watch like as a fan not that and like i say the same most weeks about jalen hurt so i didn't see anything there that like there was like a new entertainment but especially after a bad week against the giants it was just nice to see a better team go out there and beat them handedly for the most part. I know yeah. in the first half it was like uh, a little too close for comfort or oh, maybe apparent,
0: I, I, I heard, a or I heard, I, I read a, a tweet that said like Gannon after the first three jets drives, uh, met, met with like all the defensive coach and made adjustments. So clearly, you know, they didn't give up at any points in the second half. Clearly there were, were adjustments made maybe a little later than, uh, they otherwise should have been. But, um, yeah, I think watching, uh, uh, Gardner Minshew play is like, you know, he's not, uh, the, the throw to, to Dallas Goddard was like beautiful and, and a throw we haven't seen, uh, since probably the throw uh, Carson made to Miles Sanders in Washington out of the back of the end zone. Like,
1: uh, I don't know any, uh, I wouldn't go that far. You're talking about the the like the lollipop pass. Yeah. All right. I mean, it was the a nice ball. pass. I don't. It was accurate, but like you're comparing. Well,
0: okay, I I think uh, you know if Rager had caught that first uh, that first pass uh, that he dropped, uh, maybe that would have been a, a better throw. Uh, so you know, let's say a throw and catch. I don't know if there's been. Uh, better, uh, better ones or, or or tougher ones made. I don't know. Some some sort of um, uh, uh superlative there for uh, yeah. I mean, cer-
1: certainly a nice
0: play. Yeah, but uh, all, all the, my my point I'm trying to make is like Jalen Hurts is fun to watch as as an athlete. He's dynamic. He can throw. He can scramble. He can run uh, Gardner Minshew is not, uh, even close to that, but he, he's, uh, emotional. He, he, uh, he gets amped up. He, he can make the throws. He feels, he feels the pressure and he, he, he's a professional quarterback. Uh, he's an NFL caliber quarterback. And, um, I also believe Jalen Hurts is, but, uh, Gardner Minshew has, uh, a lot more experience than Jalen Hurts does to, to this point. So, I think, uh, I think it was cool, cool to watch. Um, And yeah, I mean, it it was against the jets. I'm not, I I think that that's uh, one of the top uh, couple arguments for all those uh, you should ride the hot hand or or Minshew's a more reliable type Uh, Minshew should be QB one type people. I think uh, that's, that's one of the biggest detracting uh, statements uh, of or, or counter arguments is uh, you know, was against the jets, but, uh, hopefully, uh, Jalen hurts is healthy and, and will we'll play against Washington. I think that's, uh, smart because he's, he's the, the better quarterback or the better prospect. Uh, mm-hmm. and also for, you know, his, his, de- his development is, uh, is crucial to, to play these games against Washington who uh, have a good coach and have been playing really good football uh, these last few weeks. Um, so, you know, I think Hertz starting for a number of reasons, short-term and long-term is important for, for the Eagles.
1: Yeah, here's what I'll say about Gardner, like while we're uh, comparing and contrasting. I thought a few things that he did do better or, yeah, he did do better. Uh, Sunday than Hertz has done at times throughout the season. Uh, and one goes back directly to the experience. He has started more games. He's been in the NFL longer. I thought what we saw was a quicker decision-maker. He wasn't holding onto the ball as long. He was progressing through his reads quicker. That's at least how it appeared to me watching the game. And I think that's something that you get over time in the NFL. Jalen Hurts is in his second season, and we are seeing him become a bit more decisive even from the beginning of the season now. Um, but that was just something like, yeah, Gardner was kind of getting through his reads and making the call, and that has been an issue in some for some throws with Jalen. Like, he's gotten uh, late to the read, especially on deep throws, and sometimes that has ended with an interception or a poorly timed throw. and. I thought Gardner did a really good job of like feeling pressure and maneuvering in the pocket. And then um, like just for some cold water, he did make a few good throws, but I'd say for the most part, like the players were so open because this was a poor defense. And I thought to give Nick Sirianni credit, like he did um, a really good job of, you know, getting his receivers open and scheming them open. Like there was, there was quite a margin of error on a few of those throws, that against a better defense would have been uh, easy interceptions or like kind of hospital balls. Like on the one, on one of the big receptions for Goddard, like well, the ball was completely behind him, but because he wasn't really feeling pressure from an oncoming defender, like he could stop, turn around, gather the ball, then continue on his path. So. I do think Garner doesn't really have the arm talent that like makes me a little itchy to like compare him to Hertz in that regard. Like, I don't think he's above and beyond what Hertz is as a thrower, but mentally he was getting to some of the plays quicker and finding his guy. So I will give him credit there, but uh, Sirianni said it himself, like there's no controversy. And I think, like everybody kind of knows it was against the Jets. So if this happened against a better opponent, I think we might be feeling it a bit more, but of course Philadelphia loves its backup quarterback. So it kind of goes with the territory.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I think you can kind of go back and forth with like, you know, against a better defense, maybe you don't make some of those throws or, or they, if, if they are tighter, I think one, one thing about Jalen hurts minus the giants game is he, he doesn't put the ball in, in, in danger generally. And I think, uh, while that's a very good trade of his thus far, it, uh, I, I do wonder if that affects his, um, uh, you know, mentality when, when throwing into, into tight windows, uh, I think the, uh, the end of the giants game, uh, throwing, that pass to Rager or both passes to Rager on that last drive were out more out of necessity I you don't really need to take shots there if uh it's not the end of the game and you're down so uh you know with with the better defense I I do I do wonder if uh some decisions would have been uh made differently if the throw would have been uh uh, in a, in a different spot, you know, you, you see your receiver have so much space. You're, you're just trying to, um, uh, complete the pass, especially under pressure. I'm not saying Gardner Minshew's better than he, uh, he showed today or anything like that, but, uh, I, I just think in a, a better defense, maybe he's, he's put, putting a little more on the ball or not making a throw. Cause it's a tighter window or, or something like that. So, you know, you're, you're uh, – I'm not of the mind to to give Minshew a, a run here. I, I, I don't know that he will perform any better than Jalen Hurts against a better team, uh, and I think it's more important that Jalen Hurts plays these next few games, uh, assuming he's healthy. So, um, yeah, I, I think uh, Minshew's a really nice backup to have. Um, he can steal some games most likely, but uh, I, I do – uh, I do agree. Like uh, a lot of the uh, receivers were pretty open. I think the only real throw that I'm thinking of was that uh, first touchdown pass to, to Goddard that that was a nice throw. Uh, the pocket was kind of closing. He had the, the presence and awareness to let the play develop and, and hit Goddard where, where he needed to. So uh, I thought that that was, that was positive, but uh, I, I don't know that, Gardner Minshew can throw this team to victory any more than, uh, Jalen Hurts can, especially with the, uh, Jalen's running as a, as a factor. Mm -hmm. Um,
1: So so theoretically, the Eagles are in the midst of a playoff hunt. Their four remaining games are against their division rivals. What would it take, if anything, to consider putting Gardner in a quarterback?
0: I think, uh, if Jalen has a similar performance to the one against the Jets than uh, I, the Giants. The Giants, yeah, sorry, uh, he didn't play
1: against the Jets. So <laughs> uh, and we uh, we uh, have now, been... real quick. Would that would that would you give him a full game or would you would you pull him mid game similar to the Carson Wentz benching? And again, this well, is just theoretically.
0: Well, I think I'd be okay. more inclined
1: to do it now that I know that like Gardner can kind of go out there and. Like it's this is the first time we saw Gardner so that's kind of exciting I think I'd be lying if I said my leash isn't a bit more tight on that situation happening
0: yeah I think I think Gardner's more of a um, you know like uh, a stop gap type like uh reinstill some uh, control over over the team I, I would I would probably, not do that in the in the next couple of games if they're if they're sort of win it in a win in your in situation uh the last two weeks of the year maybe they they uh uh lose to Washington out of the bye and and need to split uh with them and then and then you have Dallas after that uh and, and if the defense is playing well and it's really clearly like better quarterback play would probably keep them in the game if not win the game. I I think you consider putting Minshew in. I'm not sure that I do that against Washington here. I mean, this is, uh, uh, I heard on, on WIP, which I, I agree with this is like, you know, the, the Vikings lose, um, the, the Panthers lose all all these, uh, teams lose the only team that, that wins is Washington. And that's a team that, that of all the, teams that you're, you're fighting against, uh, you would want to win a uh, Seattle beat San Francisco, um, because you play them twice and you have, uh, some more control over your own destiny. And, uh, the team, the only team that's winning is the team you, you, you have two games against. So, uh, I, I think like, as we'll get into, uh, a little later, you know, if they split with Washington, I think that that's, uh, not, uh, uh, season ending scenario. So um, I, I don't know that I would pull Hertz uh, the, the game out of the bye If he's not playing well, I think, uh, you know, the depending that the Eagles would know better than than us, how the ankle is affecting his play. And um, if that's a factor, I would pull him like uh, in, injuries aside. I think if it's just actual poor quarterback play, uh, I wouldn't really consider it, unless it's, you know, they're, they're maybe down uh, or, or it's a close game and he, he doesn't have it or something like that. But, um you know, I, I don't know if that's a Sirianni decision or a Jeff Lurie decision or, or what it is.
1: Yeah, I think I, I would say, like, I pretty much agree with all of that. I think just the general sense that, like, I wouldn't look th- – I wouldn't look at it through the lens and I'm not saying you are or anybody is, but like, I just kind of catch myself and I'm like, all right, this is, it's like nothing like last year with Carson and Hertz. Like Carson was on a franchise quarterback deal. You don't want to disturb that except like in the case where it's clearly deserved and you're on the verge of like kind of like pranking the locker room with how much you're like cowtailing to him. Like, it's not that situation. Like, neither of these quarterbacks have a long-term commitment. And if anything, Jalen has shown, like, he's willing to do whatever for the team to win. And Carson clearly wasn't into that. Like,
0: yeah, I, it's... completely
1: separate situation. So I'd say, like, I would be a bit more inclined to make that move if I thought it was right for the team and it put the team in a better situation. And I wouldn't be as nervous about, like, how Jalen would handle it because historically as a player like he has been a guy it's like all right like I'll come back like I'll come back over the offseason I will win this job back and I'll I'll prove you that like I am the quarterback for this team even if that was uh the decision that was right for the team to put us in the best position to win
0: yeah I, I don't I don't worry about uh Jalen Hurts's mental side of, of the game at all uh I just I I think that, uh, you know, it's not, it's not at all like the Carson situation and, uh, it's, it's hard to find a franchise quarterback in the NFL and it's hard to, uh, find, you know, a decent quarterback. I mean, half, half the teams in the league don't, don't really have good quarterbacks or or have serviceable quarterbacks. So I think Jalen hurts has a very, very high ceiling and, um, uh, you know, benching him in the short term for, you know, maybe playoff experience. I, I think I, I I can't imagine uh, a scenario in which he's benched and doesn't get an opportunity to start the, the next game. Uh, right. I, I think he's played uh, well enough this year that that if uh, like I, I'm envisioning like a, a scenario where the the playoff chances are there to be had and uh what hurts is kind of fallen into this season is uh the days where he has it he has it and the days where he doesn't he doesn't like he he's not uh he 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 doesn't have any games that are really like tales of two halves they're they're uh kind of week to week uh variants of you know if he's throwing the ball well if he's confident Uh, If he relies on his legs too much, uh, that kind of thing. So obviously he didn't have it against the giants. uh, And I thought he really uh, was um, uh, commanding of the offense against uh, Denver and especially against uh, new Orleans. So um, uh, it's, I don't think he's so variant that it's kind of like which hurts are we gonna get uh, week to week, but uh some weeks he's playing to his his best and some weeks he's uh pretty much uh just below average. So I think uh if it's a if it's you know winning you're in or or like we really need this win the games on the line type type thing, uh uh they they might bench him and uh I I would assume that would be a halftime decision um not a you know fourth quarter or yeah. uh, something like that decision like last year was a total mess they would have Jalen come out for a series uh at a time and that was just not great but uh well, let's uh I guess briefly talk about the offense um miles sanders obviously got banged up but he had a career high 24 carries he had 120 yards five yards a carry so uh you know that's that's nice to see kenny gainwell had 12 carries Wait, wait, wait real yards. quick
1: real quick on miles because they talked about this in the broadcast he still does not have a touchdown on the season
0: yeah his how last crazy touchdown is that was last year yeah i was thinking that i was i was thinking that and uh too, too bad he got hurt but
1: he has uh, the most yards and the most touches in the NFL. Without a touchdown, it's cruel. Yeah, like Kenny Gainwell got his what was was this his third or fourth touchdown of the season? Miles Sanders is zero. Yeah, that's rough. They gotta uh, get him one.
0: Yeah, hopefully, hopefully he's good after the after the bye. He's another guy that's banged up. Um, but I think uh, one of the most. Uh, I mean, we can talk about Dallas Goddard. We already kind of did, but he had a top. Top uh, day. three tight end type performance in the league, so he's he's really earning that uh, money. And uh, yesterday made that uh, extension look look uh, like a good deal for for the Eagles. So
1: yeah,
0: um, you know I think uh, he, he wasn't really utilized at all against the Giants, and they corrected that, and that's a nice sign from Sirianni. Sirianni's turning into like one of the best coaching hires of of last offseason. I mean. Chargers are probably the only better ones. Salah's not any better. Uh, Campbell's not, at least team wise. I mean, Uh, this this isn't
1: the week to uh, poo poo Mac or Dan Campbell. All right, Uh, but yeah, I agree. No, Sirianni, uh, he has blossomed into a nice head coach, and I'm glad everybody uh, took five minutes, collected themselves, and like, all right maybe he can maybe he can put it together it took him a bit to uh go with the run game and kind of work off that but you know i think even with the disappointing loss the week before this passed, like 6 and 7 into the bye i'd say like that meets or surpasses most fans expectations if you're just looking at the schedule when it came out i'd say most fans would be happy with where this team is at, especially knowing that, uh, if two catches were one of two catches caught, you're, you're looking at seven and six and that's with a few games that got away from you, like the, the 49ers game and yeah. even the chargers game, like those are very, very close losses. So yeah. Shout out to Nick Sirianni. Cause he I, has I don't put know together if, a pretty good season so far.
0: I don't know if you caught this on the broadcast, but they were talking about how, uh, Nick Sirianni like is too emotional and he can't like rein himself in. And, uh, and he's been like working on uh, uh, staying more composed on the sideline. Uh, meanwhile, they say nothing about Robert Sala like, yeah. screaming his head off the entire game. I mean, it, it was one of, the, of those games where you feel like every single call, no matter like big or small, is sort of going your way. It, it felt mm-hmm. kind of like that day. I mean, the, the, the Jets are uh, obviously the the uh, lesser team, but they, they really uh, didn't get any breaks uh, on, on yeah. Sunday but, uh, I, I just thought that was weird. Cause I feel like, um, you know, you didn't get that out of Andy really neither or chip Kelly or, or Doug. I mean, Doug was like the most mild mannered, uh, calm, like laid back guy. And now you have Sirianni. I feel like, uh, uh, that's like an endearing quality of him to at, at least Philly specifically, but, uh, to, to the, the sport, I think that, uh, he's, he's kind of like the, that uh, emotional, like every man, every football fan type (laughs) type
1: guy. He he does get intense on the sideline. And I think like there have been times throughout the season where like, he's just, he's gotten like very frustrated with the refs. And most of the time it's not even on a call. Cause like in, in post games, he has been like, all right. I mean, like the refs have a very tough job and like, I know they're seeing it in real time just as we are. So like, I'll give them all the credit. Most of the time, it seems like when he's uh, giving it to the refs, it's like for a procedural reason, which is like, he's pointing out like he's yelling woman...
0: about two, two uh, seconds on the play clock. Yeah. It, and stuff
1: like that. Like, yeah. we're like I mean, I, I, I
0: love it. I think, it's, yeah. I think it's great, but
1: no, but, it's, it, it shows how much like he loves the game. Like he's, he's, Getting into the ref's ear about like the tiniest stuff, yeah. So, and, like, an- another instance was he was pointing out, like, and this was, I mean, this is closer to like a miscall, if anything. But he was pointing out, uh, I forget which week it was, so whatever Eagles' opponent it was, he was pointing out at a, a lineman downfield and like. You could tell he was angry because that was something that in the beginning of the season he was getting yeah. flagged for if at, at least once a game. He's call, like, I'm an expert it. on this. Like, I can see it. <laughs> it makes yeah. my eyes red right at this point, and you're not calling it?
0: <laughs> yeah, so I, I just thought that was interesting because I, I don't know if that's a competitive disadvantage. Uh, I, like, I, I mean, we're, we're not privy to the on-field conversations if the refs don't take him seriously, if he's getting less – I mean, it's not like basketball where, like, some guys get less calls than others uh, and that kind of thing. So uh, I can't imagine it being a, a disadvantage for the Eagles. So I thought that was a weird uh, a comment that the the broadcast made. But um, uh, one, one thing with Sirianni in the offense is, uh, like, I, I guess what's your – the what's your take on the Rager Smith, uh, snap count. I mean, Ray Rager had more, uh, targets, uh, more opportunities than Devonte Smith in this game. Uh, I'm not, I, I didn't really hear any reports on Devonte Smith. He does he continue to wear that, uh, elbow brace on, on his left arm. I believe I'm not sure if that's, uh, anything, but uh, he seems to have really quieted down uh, uh, lately. And I'm sort of, sort of been waiting for a Devonte Smith game, a breakout type performance from him this year. And I don't feel like we've really gotten it. Um, uh, what? yeah. What, what's your, uh, what's your take on that?
1: So I will say like from, he, he has been asked this question and the reason for the, Uh, the disparity for their snaps is when they go 13 personnel, so three tight ends, one wide receiver, that is almost always going to be a run play. And my understanding is they like to have Rager as an outside speed guy for whatever reason. It could be for blocking purposes. It could just be to, like, clear uh, clear the out. But I think they like... That that could really just be a matter of we're not going to wind Devontae Smith on this play that we're like we're running the ball here and you just need to run your guy out of the field. So um, he they for whatever reason they've identified that for Quez or Rager rather than Smith and maybe it's just like you're we're gonna save your uh, save your legs for this play or this is a play where. Devonte Smith gets a breather, and he can go back on out, go back out for a uh, a pass play. But I'd say overall, like, I think De- I think it, it's as simple as Devontae Smith is typically week to week getting the number one cornerback. Um, I was very surprised this week. I mean, I had item chalk to get a, a nice bounce back week, but that wasn't the case. He had two receptions for 15 yards. Yeah, so I mean, I'm still in the camp that he needs to be getting, you know, eight to 10 targets per game if they're not, um, they're just not using using him to his full potential. And I think he should be right up there with Goddard as far as like a focal point of the offensive game plan. But as far as like the snaps, that can look a little wonky just because they have certain looks in 12 and 13 personnel when the wide receiver out there just may not be a likely passing target. That could be a Jalen Rager or a, a J.J. Ortega Whiteside, just a guy who will be downfield blocking.
0: Yeah. I think that, that part of it makes sense. And that's not as concerning. I think what's concerning is like, uh, uh whether, whether it's game plan or, or if he's struggling, uh, you know, Dallas Goddard has proven that when, uh, targeted, he, he can be a difference maker and Devonte Smith seems to have games where, uh, passes are broken up. He's, he, he's catching like uh, short passes over the middle. Um, he, I, I, I do, I, I just kind of wonder, and I, I mean, I don't sit and watch tape like, uh, other people might, but, um, You know, it's a it's a I I think it's a little concerning that he's either not not getting open. I mean, like this, like Sirianni said against the the Giants, like they don't run plays for Rager. It's just that hurts, I guess, saw him open or saw an opportunity to throw to him. I I wonder if like why he's not one of the first reads and uh, assuming he is like. Uh, Why why the ball isn't going his way? I think uh, assuming that the uh, game plan is just not utilizing him properly, like that it's not on on him is uh, like if I had to bet, I'd say that's that's the more likely scenario. But uh, I I do wonder if we're assuming too much of uh, a a improper usage of him rather than uh, him struggling as a as a rookie in in the NFL
1: so i would say just generally like from the people who do watch more tape than us to kind of well yeah i mean mostly these people who are looking at the all 22 like he's getting open consistently and i I wouldn't be concerned about that at all as far as a rookie like he hasn't shown any issue with kind of shaking guys loose so to me it really does feel like it's part of it is the offensive identity of the team like it is At least the past like five or six game, five or six games, there just hasn't been a lot of passes to go around, and it is a run first team. And when they are passing it, it is play action. So there's, I mean, I think it's as simple as like they just got to incorporate him better. He's he's got to be getting more targets. He's he's either your number one or number two playmaker as far as pass catchers. So I would like to see a lot more of him over this uh four game stretch after the bye and you would hope that with the time they have during the bye that they can start you know putting putting that emphasis into their game plan because he is very talented and as he showed in the Giants game like he wants to be that guy when the game is on the line so yeah come on
0: do Uh, it (laughs) Yeah, and they're they're gonna need him down the stretch. Uh let's uh do you have anything else on, on the game? I feel like uh we, we talked about the main points. I, I I think we should get into these uh playoff scenarios.
1: Uh, a few things. I thought uh I like seeing Quez Watkins. I thought he had a few uh big third downs. Um Kenny Gainwell, nice to see him return to the game. Um, Boston Scott, it appeared was mostly a kind of a you know a game day active but not really like kind of an emergency guy he revealed that he was getting over the flu so that kind of makes sense but Kenny Gamewell is a like he he and Sanders like the check down component to the game I think that's something maybe uh Hertz can you know be a little bit more open to going forward rather than kind of going out there and maybe taking an unnecessary hit is checking down to one of your good pass catching running backs and giving them an easy first down. Um, and I think that's it. Like, I think we hit like Dallas Goddard had a career game. Miles Sanders had a career game. Gardner- yeah, a lot of, is a lot of positives
0: uh, from yeah. the offense and the, you know, we, we don't have to go into specific specifics with the defense, but they, they made the adjustments, uh, at halftime and, uh you know, we're pretty solid. I think uh, they said it, it was about an hour and a half in real time between uh, Jets offensive possessions between uh, the end of the second quarter and the, the third quarter. So yeah, uh, a lot of time uh, for the Jets defense on the field, which obviously you like to see.
1: Yeah. I do think it's like they did make the adjustments and the Jets did not score another point after their last touchdown but the eagles game plan or effort on defense for those first three drives was like truly concerning the jets were and still are one of the worst offenses in the league and i thought zach wilson like he had good throws but like similar to what you were saying in the preview like he is kind of like he looks good one second and he's throwing a pass right to marcus epps so like he he is kind of like a shaky quarterback but on those first three drives like they made him look really good and they could not stop tevin coleman for the life of for the life of him it was it was it was just concerning like oh my gosh for for the first uh first half you're like oh my god is this a shootout we're gonna have with the jets yeah well and uh the first I guess where the tides changed was when uh, Josh Sweat got to the quarterback. So it was nice to see him get his first sack since Halloween. It sounded like that was somebody's prediction, and he actually got a split sack with Javon Hargrave. So and the Marcus Epps. So there was a few nice plays that uh, were sorely needed after the Giants game. So nice, nice to see the defense start to find its uh, life there. Yeah,
0: and Slay had a had a really nice day too. He uh, continues breaking up a, a bunch of passes. But uh, so right now, the uh, NFL uh, playoff picture in the NFC, uh, the Eagles sit at uh, the eighth seed. The the top seven seeds make it um, a half game behind the Niners and uh, Washington in a six and seven spots. So it's uh, all these teams for for two spots. Um, uh, Saints, Falcons, Panthers, Vikings, Eagles, Niners and uh, Washington football team. So, um, you know, looking at the rest of the season, I think, uh, you know, to me, the Panthers and the Falcons are kind of not really uh, uh, very concerning.
1: Yeah, they're Um, like an asterisk contender, like some crazy stuff would have to happen for that to feel... Like they're really in contention,
0: and just looking at the Falcons' remaining schedule, they're uh, at Carolina, so you know one of one of those teams is going to have a win there. Uh, at San Francisco, uh, home against Detroit, at Buffalo, and home against New Orleans. So uh, the 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 Atlanta, Carolina, New Orleans group all play each other a decent amount at the end of the year as division games uh, are tend to happen the end of the year so uh those teams are going to beat up on each other Uh, i have the falcons going two and three to to end this end the season beating uh the panthers in carolina and detroit at home uh and i have carolina losing all five games they play (laughs) atlanta uh, buffalo tampa twice and the saints so um, that's tough Yeah. I, 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 I,
1: who's that first game again?
0: So they play uh, Atlanta. All right. Atlanta is
1: like probably the most winnable game by a long shot. Well, maybe, I don't know. I don't know what that Saints team is going to look like in in the last game of the season, but at that point it is the last game of the season. So you don't know what the, uh, what either team will really look at that point.
0: Yeah. So uh, going to new Orleans, they're at the jets at the, at Tampa Home against the Dolphins, home against Carolina, and at Atlanta. I have them going three and two, beating the Jets, Panthers, and Falcons, and losing to the Buccaneers and the Dolphins.
1: Yeah, we're we're pretty much asking the Buccaneers to take out the trash here. Yeah, so hopefully they they can uh, uh,
0: get some work done there. Uh, the 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 Niners, I I would say the the Niners. Uh, Vikings and uh, Saints just looking at their schedule are probably the, uh, the, the teams to watch uh, in addition to, to Washington. So uh, mm-hmm. four, four teams, but San Francisco's at the Bengals home against Atlanta at uh, Tennessee home against Houston and at the Rams, I have them going three and two beating the Falcons Texans and uh, the Rams at the end of the season. Um, uh, and I have the Vikings going two and three beating Pittsburgh and, uh, and LA, I have the, the Rams sort of, uh, in their, uh, bit of a sputtering, uh, continuing through the end of the year. Uh, they're at eight and four right now. Um, uh, and the Vikings losing to green Bay, Chicago, uh, and Chicago twice. Uh, cause that would be a very Vikings thing to do to lose both their games to, the bears Um, and then so Washington plays Dallas this week in Washington. Uh, So they go from Dallas to Philly or sorry, they go from at home against Dallas to on the road against Philly on the road against Dallas uh, at home against Philly and then at the Giants. So I have Washington going two and three uh, splitting with the Eagles and beating the giants. Uh, so you know that that sort of playoff picture with all these teams, at least for me, I don't have a team winning more than three games. So uh, the Eagles have four games left: uh, two home, uh, Washington Giants, uh, one away against Washington, and uh, the last game being home against Dallas. Uh, what do, what do you have in the with the wild card situation similar to that?
1: Yeah. Pretty much, I think, I think it's truly going to come down to, like, so I went through the same exercise and it really comes down to, can the Eagles win three of their last four? Mm -hmm. And so I don't think they get, I mean, if they get swept by the Giants, I think you just crumple up the paper and say, that's the season. So Mm -hmm. like, I'm pretty much already counting, like they will win at home against the Giants. That's kind of like you don't need to write that in pencil. I think um Washington at home feels like a nice like a nice home frenzy win coming out of the bye too. Right, you know, fresh legs and all. And um so really that leaves the the last game of the season at home against Dallas and the road game in washington and that's 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 this week 17 correct yeah so it's really coming down to those last two weeks i feel like they can uh win both games like i know the prevailing thought is like all right washington football team like they got a little something and like i don't like it seems like a lot of people are saying like they'll just split but like Heineke doesn't really... I mean, I know he's like a fine quarterback and all, but I saw Logan Thomas had a serious injury. He's one of their playmakers. Yeah, a- I'm not ACL. sure. Well, I think they confirmed that it wasn't yeah. an ACL. So like, that's good news for them and for himself. But I think it's still up in the air if he'll be available for either of those games. Because, I mean, this is coming up pretty soon, and really any sort of significant like a joint or ligament injury can take quite a while. And then uh, where, where I'm going from there is I think Slay, who's having a great year. He got torched by uh, scary Terry last year, I believe. And they don't have like too many playmakers. So like their quarterback is like, all right, he's fine. He's probably like bottom third in the league at best. Average, and J.D. Like McKissick
0: was hurt last year
1: or last week. I'm not sure if uh, he's... Gibson is dealing with like a, a stress, a yeah. stress uh, fracture of sorts. Like he's been playing through it. So like, I don't so know. That's their they... two, their two lead backs, right? Um, hmm. And they got, uh, I think DeAndre Carter. Here we are previewing right. the football team, but um, like they they won't have. Um, Shoot, I'm forgetting his name, but uh Young, their head rusher. I'm pretty sure and, like, and Montez Sweat, I think, is out as well. Yeah, so, so I don't think it's crazy for them to win both games. I guess Washington. I, I, I don't And if I, they do, then that last game, at least as as uh, it worked out for me, like that last game is pretty much meaningless because the Cowboys will have the division at that point and the Eagles will have secured a wild card. So like, I'm not sure there's, there's a scenario in which neither team really is playing for anything because at that point, I'm pretty sure the giants will have locked in as a seed. And it seems like the potential for them getting the buy is pretty low. And I don't know what either team would be playing for in that scenario, besides just uh, bragging rights and, competitiveness not not to say that they wouldn't take it seriously but i'd be curious to see if they'd be playing key starters
0: yeah i think uh the the interesting thing is you know looking at the the teams ahead of all these teams as well so yeah or sorry before we do uh, i have the eagles going two and two uh, I think they split the Washington uh, series. I, uh, I predicted that on our schedule release pod. And, and I, I uh, think that they'll probably split. And uh, I have uh, them beating the Giants for sure. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I, y- you had texted me earlier. What's the more likely scenario? They They beat Washington twice or... They uh, uh beat they split Washington and beat Dallas the, the final week. I've been going back and forth. I think it will come down to that Dallas game. And if you look at Dallas's remaining schedule, they're at Washington, at the Giants, home against Washington, home against the Cardinals, and at Philly. So um, I have them beating Washington twice in the Giants and losing to the Cardinals, so uh, they'll be three and one in their next four, which would have them at 11 and five going into that final Eagles game. So if they're at 11 and five, um, I have Green Bay going four and one, uh, 10 the season. Uh, they play Detroit or sorry, so uh, I've them go uh, four and one, 10 the season. They played Detroit the last week, so I have them at 13 and four, but they'll be 12 and four going into week 18, uh, which would be one game up on the Cowboys. At, but Arizona, I have uh, at 13 and three going into the final week, so. Uh, Arizona, I think, would have locked up the one seed by week 18, in which case uh, the Cowboys wouldn't be fighting for a bye. Um, uh, So, you know, if you look at Green Bay, I have going 13 and four. Uh, Tampa has those two games against Carolina. Um, They play the Jets. Uh, and, and the Falcons, really, their only tough game is uh, next week against Buffalo. So they very well could go four and one uh, or better to end the season. Uh, so that would be 13 and four as well. So I think that the Cowboys will probably be locked into that four seed uh, either way, which uh, all this is to say, if they're locked into that four seed going into week 18, they'll probably rest. Uh, they, they won't need that game because um, they, they would have locked up the division and uh, they can't really maneuver seeding-wise. So I think in that scenario, the Eagles have a better shot of winning, in which case the Eagles could sneak into the playoffs and play the Packers or, or Tampa in wildcard wild-card weekend.
1: So well, where do the Eagles end up in your two-and-two two scenario?
0: They uh, win their first two and lose their second two.
1: I know. I mean, like, what, so are they the number eight seed or the seven seed? Oh, uh, oh, uh, oh. um, I think that they,
0: um,
1: like where the did same? they land respect, respect respective to the 49ers they, and the Vikings? They would probably,
0: they would probably be, so the, the Eagles would be, um, eight and nine and washington would be eight and nine and split so whatever tie break Mm. seven or eight whatever tie break because they would they would split it would
1: probably be division record right
0: so if it's division record then it'll probably be according to what i have washington
1: right because we lost to the giants Uh, well if they did they beat the giants twice I just assume because the Giants don't have many wins and we're one of them. Uh, Let me look at that. So interesting. It seems like we... Yeah, I guess I definitely have a more optimistic outlook just because I think the Eagles can take on Washington and I, I do think that they can win both games against them. Oh, they they play each other the last week when we played Dallas.
0: Washington plays the Giants, so they. Um, mm. So the Giants
1: could have their. Uh, they lost by one to Washington. So Giants theoretically could tank and let Washington into the playoffs. Yeah, right? to replay oh return that's, the favor. Yeah. That's poetic. Yeah, justice. yeah, if there's
0: a tie break and the and they
1: lose on purpose. Yeah. They're gonna so, send who are they gonna send out to quarterback? I don't know. I mean who's, they got, who's they be got their, Jake uh, Frum
0: right now. Yeah. Is is that gonna
1: be their Sudfeld? Probably. <laughs> Probably.
0: So yeah, I think uh I think it'll be close. Um unless they go if they go three and one, they they would have a shot at uh at the sixth seed for sure. So, uh, yeah, I think, you know, one game at a time, but I, I would bet more that it'll come down to the Dallas game. Then, then it'll, uh, be sort of, uh, they, they'd clinch going into it. Um, but I, I, I think winning win in your end scenario would be pretty, uh, pretty exciting for, for this team, considering how, uh, slow of a start they, they got off to rookie quarterback, rookie head coach, uh, you know uh, all these the, the Zach Ertz drama, the the Goddard uh, extension or lack thereof, Milada extended, like some of these young guys locked up for the future. I think uh, a win and you're in. Your in uh, Jalen hurts leading them into the playoffs. Whatever that whatever happens in the playoffs, I think uh, I think you know, that, that would be a pretty poetic, uh, and, and nice way to kind of get this new era of, uh, Eagles coach and, and quarterback, uh, started.
1: Yeah. I mean, I saw this from the very beginning, but I, I think the number one thing to leave this season with is playoff experience for Milton Williams. So if they can do that, I'd say that's a, well, that's he a got well banged
0: done. up. It was, is he okay? I, I, I think I'm he was, assuming he was he would down, say it yeah. wasn't
1: something that Sirianni yeah. called out. Yeah, I guess yeah, like we should say real quick, Jason Kelsey did get banged up. Um,
0: is in a walking boot, I think.
1: Yeah, like, on, I, I guess it was yesterday or the, yeah, yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sirianni said they got positive news, so I mm-hmm. guess like that makes me think that he will be back at some point, and I imagine with the buy probably sooner than later. Um, Steven Nelson left. Patrick Johnson left. Those don't seem to be concerns. Sanders, I think they expect him to be back soon, especially with the bye. Same with Jordan Howard, who wasn't available. And then, I mean, Hertz, it seemed like he was close to a game time, so it'd be surprising if he wasn't available. So, like, bye's coming at a great time. Uh, The last possible
0: time it could come.
1: Yeah. They crawled here and hopefully they all come out of it feeling a lot better than they did coming into it.
0: Yeah. Uh, Any final thoughts?
1: No. All right. Onto the bye.
0: Onto the bye. We will have a bye of our own and uh, we'll be back next week to preview the uh, Washington uh, game uh, and – yeah for now let's uh let's get into the playoffs here uh for mike i'm in and thanks for listening